Whether you're just starting out auditioning for your high school musical or you're regularly going in for Broadway auditions, you need an audition book. What's an audition book? And what's the best process for putting yours together? That's what we're talking about today. Hi, I'm Cynthia Cortman-Westfall, a Broadway music director, conductor, voice coach, and tenured professor in the musical theater department at the University of Michigan. And I'm Chelsea Wilson, a performer turned voice teacher to Broadway stars and vocal coach on Broadway productions like The Phantom of the Opera, School of Rock, and more. Here on the Broadway Vocal Coach Podcast, you can expect real talk about the business, practical advice, and constant encouragement. We believe there's space for every artist in this industry. All you need is the right support, so consider us your two-woman hype team. Welcome to the Broadway Vocal Coach Podcast, where we help musical theater performers get unstuck and take the next step in their careers. Cynthia, today we are talking about audition books, which is one of my favorite topics, and I think it's one of our listeners' favorite topics. It was one of our more popular episodes from season one, was our episode about what you actually need in your audition book. We've heard from a lot of folks recently who have been in consults with us or, you know, new clients within the BBC studio, and they just aren't sure even how to start putting one together. And some folks don't even know, like, what what is an audition book? What's different between that and just all of the songs that you happen to know? And these are really valid and great questions. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I think the other thing about audition books is, and the reason it feels like it's always in flux, is because it's always in flux to some extent. You know, as we get older, as we change, as we evolve, our books change and need to keep kind of evolving with us. So audition books are sort of the great equalizer because everybody needs them regardless of what phase of your career you're in, whether you're just starting out, whether you've been in the business for 30 years, 40 years, everybody needs an audition book. And it has to evolve and grow with you. So you might have a perfect audition book and it's going to last you for a little while. And then it's going to start to feel like the seams are starting to tug a little bit and you need to change that outfit out and try something new. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about what an audition book actually is. First of all, let's say what it's not. It is not a binder full of sheet music of every song you ever sung and every song that you know. It is not a binder of repertoire. As an audition pianist who has had those giant binders of rep fall onto my lap because they are so big and heavy and they can't stay on the piano, please let your binder not be a book of all your rep. So uh, what is an audition book? It is a collection of songs in a physical binder, yes, non-digital, that represent you best, and here's the important part, are useful for auditions. So your point about, you know, you might have a collection of songs in your book that feel really reflective of you at this time, but then in a few years, you're a little different and you've changed and you've evolved. That's why we were picking music and audition pieces that represent you best in this moment. Not what you can do on like a really good day or maybe what you could do really well in a year's worth of voice lessons Or what you did great when you were 16, if you're 25, like what you can do great right now. I love really being conscious of making your audition book represent who you are right now. It is not the book of potential and it's not the book of nostalgia. It's the book of right now. You can have that binder of nostalgia and you can have the binder of potential. Absolutely. Have those two. But let your audition book be what represents you the very best right now. 
Yeah, I love that. We recently had casting director Peter Van Dam from Tara Rubin Casting come in and do a masterclass with our BBC studio members. And he made a great comment about a song that somebody brought in, which speaks to this point about songs that are useful for auditions. I thought this was really interesting. Someone brought in a song and the energy, first of all, it showed them off really beautifully, like cool vocals, like good storytelling, gets to show off a cool high note you know, could really show this person's skills. But the energy of the song was quite frantic. And that was really what Peter latched on to. He was like, this is starting you in a really frantic place. Is that the energy you want to bring into the audition room? Is that like how you want to be represented in the room? Do you feel like the song and that frantic energy is really going to be the most useful for you? And I just thought that was interesting to consider because a song on the surface that's like, oh, great, shows off my voice. It's like a role that I want to play one day. But really think about, is it useful for auditions? That's the piece that I feel like a lot of people don't put a lot of thought into is like, can I use this for multiple shows, for multiple auditions? And does it have the energy and the vibe that I want to bring into the room at any given time? Or is it a downer? Or is it frantic? Or is it, you know, X, Y, and Z, all sorts of things that could be a, a vibe or an energy that that maybe isn't useful in an audition context. That's Mm -hmm. the specific thing here. So Cynthia, let's take our listeners through our three-step process that we use with our BBC studio members. This is the exact process that we walk our members through to help them build their audition book. I would say this is probably like the number one thing we work on with our Mm -hmm. studio members. Going through, weeding out old material, helping them pick new repertoire, like go through this whole process. So let's take our listeners through it, shall we? Yes, I love it. Number one, identify what roles and shows you want to go in for. I think this one's really, really important. And I honestly think it's a step that people either forget to do or feel a little bit weird about doing. You have to be willing to say, I want to go in for these roles. I think I'm right for these roles. And to some extent, there there does need to be, you know, that little bit of gutsy courage to say, I think I'm right for that. I think I deserve to be seen for that. And so I think that's a really important step that honestly people sometimes either forget or, like I said, tend to shy away from. But I think it's something to really lean hard into and really think about all the different roles and shows that you could be right for and that you want to be seen for. Yeah. It's kind of like working the problem backwards, which is one of my favorite problem-solving strategies is begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what kinds of things you want to be seen for, roles, shows, et cetera, then how can you begin to build a book that is going to be useful for those auditions? You really can't. So In this way, identifying what roles and shows you want to go in for is a really great first step. And be creative. You can be really specific here and say, I want to be Katie in Mean Girls. Or you can say, I want to be the dancer track in Mean Girls that covers Mm -hmm. Katie, Karen, and Regina. You know, Mm -hmm. it could also be, I'm perfect for the ensemble in Les Mis. You know, maybe there's not a role that's like totally speaking to me, but I'm perfect for this ensemble. And be creative. You know, don't limit yourself based on the visual appearance of the actor who played this for the first time, or even in some cases, like vocal quality things. Find an energy match, find a vibe match, find what feels like a fit within your current skill set with your voice, with your dance, with your skills, etc. But be creative and really 
there is no limit to how many things you can put on this list. It's a fun process yeah. if you give yourself over to yeah. the process. And and that's why we say roles and shows. I think it's important, like you just said, Chels, there there might be a show that maybe you don't feel like you're perfect for one of the leads, but you are absolutely the right energy for the townspeople, for the ensemble, for the dancer tracks, for you know, whatever that is. And so you might be absolutely right for the show. And maybe you don't necessarily have to identify a role within that show, but they'll be both. They'll, you'll have roles and you'll have shows. So it's important to identify both of those things. And I think you'll probably surprise yourself with a longer list than you think. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. This is like a dream list. Why not? <laughs> Go wild. Okay, our second step here for building your audition book is to then categorize these roles and shows. There's a lot of different ways to categorize them. You can categorize the shows by character energy, musical genre, musical era, vocal style. We've seen categories from our studio members every which way. And honestly, were some really creative categories. Recently, I saw someone categorize like tenors with emotional baggage. I was like, yes, yep. <laughs> how specific and wonderful. How specific. <laughs> you know exactly um, who those folks are. <laughs> Yeah, you know what those characters are. Mm -hmm. and uh, Or you can go more general, like golden age ingenues, mm -hmm. you know, or dancers who belt. Mm -hmm. However you want to categorize this is up to you. But I think you'll find that there are some categories that are more useful than others. The point here is that you want to start lumping these roles and shows into categories so that you can pick audition material for a handful of categories instead of for all 50 roles and shows that you you put on your list to begin with. So my tip for this second step is to try and limit yourself to six categories. And that may feel very restraining, but actually I think it's a, a nice opportunity to yet again be creative. How mm -hmm. creative can you be to kind of put some, some limits around how many categories you're going to have so that you can begin to work smarter and not harder at finding your repertoire? Yep. I love that. And, and you'll be surprised at how many shows or roles can kind of fit into these energy vibes or genres that you create yourself. And, and I think the big point is it has to make sense to you. Yeah. Why does practicing sometimes feel so hard and boring? It does not have to be this way, friends. Where most people go wrong is that they practice the same thing every time without much thought or intentionality. And that's a recipe for boring, mindless, busy work. If you really want to take your musical theater singing and performance skills to the next level, you're going to need two things, a plan and a guide. Lucky for you, our new online course, BBC Academy, gives you exactly that. The plan is this. Instead of practicing the same things over and over, BBC Academy is a self-guided online course that takes you through seven unique themes of musical theater, music, and genres with three specific lessons for each theme. Go through the lessons and the accompanying practice assignments at whatever pace you like, but we suggest completing one lesson per week. That means we've taken the guesswork out of what to practice and when. Each skill builds on the previous, so you're always taking steps forward and never second-guessing if what you're doing is a waste of time. And as for your guides, Cynthia Cortman-Westfall and myself, Chelsea Wilson, are Broadway pros and musical theater experts, and we know a thing or three about the skills you actually need if you want to take your next step as a performer. Whether your goal is community theater or Broadway, 
we're giving you all the tools you need to achieve it. BVC Academy is the best and most affordable way to learn from us and get top-level musical theater training, like you might find in a BFA musical theater program. Plus, we have an exclusive discount for podcast listeners. Use the code PODCAST15 to save 15% on your purchase of BBC Academy. P.S. That includes our mini course, How to Self-Tape, totally free with your purchase. Ready to dive in? Use the code PODCAST15 and learn more at bwayvocalcoach.com backslash academy. Here's our third tip. Sort your existing rep into these categories. Hopefully you've now got your six categories and identify where you have holes in your book. This is a great way to take all the rep that you have, list where they fit into those six categories, and you're going to start to see, wow, there is nothing in my angsty pop rock category, or there is nothing in my golden age category. Wow, I only have contemporary music. You're going to start to see where the holes are in your book. And that's when you can now start to find what you need. Yeah, absolutely. Again, some songs that you know and that are already existing in your in your repertoire, in your pre-existing audition book, might be great for more than one category, which is even better because then you can have songs that do double duty. And you can get creative here as well. Think about songs that maybe if you sung it at a slightly different tempo, it could match the vibe of tenors with emotional baggage. But at this tempo or with this intention or this scene partner that you've chosen for this version of your audition song, it works great for contemporary legit tenors, you know, whatever, whatever your categories are. Get creative there so that you're not having to reinvent the wheel and come up with a million new songs. This step is where working with a coach is really helpful. This is where Cynthia and I step in with our members. You know, we have them kind of go through these first three steps on their own. They send us their lists. They send us their categories. Inside the BBC Studio membership, we have spreadsheets and templates that are pre-existing for our members that they can use to go through these steps in like the simplest, easiest way. But this is where Cynthia and I really step in with our clients and help them see, okay, here's your categories. These are pretty good. I actually feel like these roles and shows are, are more of a fit together here. Okay, these categories are really similar. What you really are missing here is all of the angsty pop rock that you could be going in for. You know, let's make sure we carve out a category for that and then help them identify new songs, new repertoire that might be the right fit, the perfect fit, or at least something to try. Bring into studio class, sing for us, get some personal feedback on in a studio class, and then decide if they want to incorporate into their audition book. So this step here is where working with a coach can be really helpful. But if you're not working with a coach, if you haven't joined the BBC Studio membership yet, all good. You can still follow this process. And once you get here to step three, identifying where those holes are is where you get to go on a fun scavenger hunt Mm -hmm. for new material that feels like the right fit for you right now. Yep. I love that when you create these six fresh boxes of categories and then you take your existing rep, it's also a great time to be like, do I really want to put that song into that box or do I not really love it anymore? Is it not, does it not really fit me anymore? I see people often sort of page through their book and think, yeah, I sometimes sing this and they keep, and so it never gets really weeded out. It never really gets sorted. It just kind of stays a little bit cluttered. 
And so you end up with that closet full of clothes or closet full of shoes where you don't wear half of it and it just starts to clutter. And then you can't find the ones that are gems, you know, then where's that outfit that you know you love every time? So I love this idea of making those blank categories for the perfect shows and roles that you can go in for and then sorting your rep into those categories And it'll really help you figure out which songs are in your book that you love, that are really useful, and where it's time to think a little harder, find something new, get some help, fill in those holes. I like the system very much. Sometimes members inside the BBC studio ask, okay, so is the point for me to only have six songs in my book? And that I can tell when folks ask that question, they're a little frightened by that idea. They're like, what would I do Like, if I only had six songs in my book? And honestly, yeah, kind of. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you're probably using the same two or three songs over and over and over again. And sometimes you might need a little specialty something. You might need a, a piece that you don't use so often. But the point is to keep only in your book what is useful to you, what you can keep at performance level readiness. And again, what's reflective of your skill set right now. So mm-hmm. if you haven't if you haven't sung a song for a year and a half and it's just collecting dust in the back of your book, are you really going to be ready to bring that in if a music director is flipping through your book behind the table or at the piano and like, oh, can we hear you do this? And you're like, I, 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 no, no, I can't. I can't do that right now. <laughs> again, really physically weed out what you're not singing in your book so that the visual clutter and also so like the off chance that you might be asked to sing something else, you're not going to be caught off guard with something that you're really not prepared to do. Mm -hmm. And your audition book can be fluid. It doesn't have to, you know, like we said at the beginning, it doesn't have to stay perfectly intact forever and ever. You know, you can even think of it as seasons. If right now these six songs are working so beautifully for you, great. If in six months, a couple of them aren't feeling great. Maybe take them out for a while, replace them with something else. You might come back to them later, but like your book can stay fluid. But I think the point is to keep just checking in. Is it serving you in these categories that you have identified as the roles and shows that you want to be seen for and want to be ready for? Yeah. As a quick little bonus, Cynthia, I've got some questions for you about the literal logistics of putting together your audition book because I know we have plenty of listeners who are like, I don't even know, a three-ring binder? Like, what am I supposed to put this thing in? (laughs) As a pianist who has played for thousands and thousands of auditions, how do you suggest that actors physically put together their audition book? Page protectors, no page protectors, dividers, none, three-ring, hole-punched, taped. What do you think? Yeah, I have opinions, (laughs) as does, I think, every audition pianist under the sun. So I can promise you not every audition pianist will think the exact same way as I do. But I can also tell you I talk to a lot of pianists, and we, we all commiserate over this together. So I think there are some themes that emerge. A binder always. Loose sheets of music or even just music that is taped and not in a binder If there is any kind of breeze from an air conditioner or someone walks past the piano, it's amazing how fast that music can blow over or simply fall right off the rack of the piano. So a binder just gives you some stability. 
I'm not a fan of page protectors for a couple of reasons. Number one, they make your book really heavy. And number two, they cause a glare. It is really hard to read music through a page protector. And I know that probably sounds funny to anybody who isn't the pianist. Because when you look at your music and you page through it, it looks so shiny and it looks really easy. There is something about when the light hits the page and you are trying to read tiny, tiny little black notes that even the the smallest glare can obliterate a full measure of music. And that is a little bit panic inducing when you're trying to sight read. (laughs) And all of a sudden there's no music. And then I end up doing the thing with my head where I'm going back and forth trying to get the glare to go away. So I'm not a fan of the page protectors. One thing people do do with page protectors that I find interesting is one page protector per piece of music. So they keep their entire piece of music in a page protector, but it's hole punched so they can pull the music out of that page protector and then put it in their binder. It's already hole punched. So it's a way that they protect the full piece of music. Like say it's a three page piece of music. They can keep all three pages in one page protector if they feel like that helps keep it a little neater as they shuffle their binder in and out of backpacks, but then take it out of that page protector and put it in your binder when it's time to sing and time for your pianist to read from it. I'm also a fan of as few page turns as possible. I am shocked how many people have a two-page piece of music and put it so that I have to turn the page and flip that page over. Whereas if you just open it like a book, page one on the left, page two on the right, I don't need to turn pages. I see all the music at once. That is your goal. Very few page turns. I also like if you have three pages, you can tape that third page to the page on the right and kind of make it a little flip out. We've got an illustration of this somewhere, I think, on our Instagram page as a for a three page and a four page. There's a way to tape those so that you can Keep your music in your binder, but have these pages flip out so that you still don't need to have page turns. So try to minimize page turns as much as you can. Try to make sure when you're copying pages or, you know, getting a scan from someone that you've made sure all of the music goes on the page. So often that baseline gets cut off of the final line of the of the music. So let's make sure you have every little bit of information. We have a lot of these resources about how to make an audition cut actually within our mini course, How to Make a Self-Tape. The first module within that mini course is all about making an audition cut. And we go into the logistics here. There's this like beautiful PDF resource that you'll get about exactly what you're talking about, Cynthia. It's so valuable. And right now, the How to Make a Self-Tape mini course is free with your purchase of BBC Academy, our new online course which explores seven different modules and musical themes of of musical theater. If you haven't registered for BBC Academy, you can save 15% off when you register for the course using the code PODCAST15. And with that, you'll get the How to Make a Self-Tape mini course, which includes everything that Cynthia is talking about, about how to make an audition cut so that you can make gorgeous self-tapes. That's a whole other conversation. We'll leave that for another time. That is so useful, Cynthia. I think being able to visually see what that looks like, putting together your binder, we will link in the show notes to some of our Instagram posts about this, what this physically looks like, so you can get an idea of some ideal ways to put together your audition book. Cynthia, anything else you want to add before we sign off today? 
I would say be creative and be courageous about all of those roles and shows that you want to go in for and that you want to be seen for. And it's a really, ex- I find putting together an audition book a really exciting process. I think it's why I like helping people do this so much. And I know it's, Chelsea, why you love helping people do this so much. It's just, it's like bubbling with potential and and excitement to put together a book because you know what possibilities lie within that. So if you need help doing that, that is exactly what we do. And we love to do it. And we wish you well as you go about building that audition book. For all the resources and the coupon codes that we mentioned in today's episode, take a look at the show notes. All of that info is in there. And if you enjoyed today's episode, then please share it with a friend, leave us a review, and take a screenshot of wherever you're listening and tag us on Instagram at Coach. We would love to hear your takeaways from today's episode. And if you're ready to take your next step as a musical theater performer, but you aren't entirely sure what that should be, take our quiz. We'll strategize with you to outline a roadmap to your unique goals. Plus, from there, you can book a free consult with us. Visit bwayvocalcoach.com backslash take the quiz. We can't wait to hear your story and help you take the next step in your career.